and this is how this is how I am able to digest political language is telling myself a story. Everyone loves a good story, right? Ace whale, good people, and welcome to our sixth episode of Stalo Signal. My name is Sharon Denemy, and that means we've been making this podcast for six months already. We are loving talking to our leaders, members, and youth about all things related to our journey towards self-government. Why? Because we believe in Stalo. So today we're going to find out more about the comic book that Yakakuyu's counselor Jasmine Horn has been working on and creating. You know, the one about the boy and the bear that you've hopefully received in your snail mail or inboxes. Of course, if you haven't received it or you aren't receiving it, just let us know by reaching out and emailing us at outreach at sxta.bc.ca. And it's also posted on the website. So what could a comic book have to do with a constitution? You know that document that we are asking our members to vote on in November? Well, let's let Jasmine explain. Good evening or good morning. <laughs> um, my ancestral name is Alicia. Um, it comes from my great my grandma and my mom. Um, and my English name is Jasmine. I'm from Yakukuyus. The purpose that I had for the comic book was to again digest the information because last year 2019 was my first year in my youth council position so I was really excited about taking in all the information from the meetings and I thought to myself wow I'm so happy that even though we are not where we want to be in forms of uh, governance positions in Canadian politics we still have come a long way and me telling this story is translating the political dialogue into our stalo way um for easier digestion of information. So in the first issue of Quits de Luck, The Escape, the you see Quits de Luck sweating as he has escaped the school and he's running and he's running and when you open up you see a big cedar tree. And the cedar tree represents um, a spiritual tree and he runs past this tree and he actually time hops from the 1950s into 2019. Quetzalcoatl escaped St. Mary's Residential School in Mission, which was opened between 1861 and 1984. So that's almost a hundred years of darkness. Many generations of our families attended this and other schools. Our families and our communities are still dealing with the intergenerational trauma brought on by the atrocities that happen in these places. We definitely want to acknowledge the history, and we may talk more about this in future episodes, but for now, let's get back to the story. And he's running, and he goes, and he is able to find the river, because when you're at St. Mary's School, you can see the river <clears throat> from that school, and he recognized it as a fishing spot, so he went to the water to wash off and wash off the sweat. He sees a grizzly bear on the other side of the river. And that's the cliffhanger in issue one. But spoiler alert, we are going to continue to talk about issue two and three. As I mentioned, if for any reason you haven't seen any of these comics, just pause the podcast, email us at outreach at sxta.bc.ca right away, and we'll send as many copies as you like. Okay, back to Jasmine. And then when you get to the second issue, 
<clears throat> this bear is talking to him, and it's he, the bear says, Quetzalcoatl, and Quetzalcoatl looks confused and says, "Did that bear just speak to me?" And the bear growls at him and says, "Tell me your name." And Quetzalcoatl answers, "My name is Michael Phillips." And then the bear proceeds to tell him, no, your name is Quetzalcoatl. And then his dad is able to transform back into his human form. And when his dad tells him to turn around, he tells him things need to transform, son, as they're looking at a river where we have put garbage, we've put the pipeline to symbolize that He's not where he thought he was anymore. Things have changed. And then at the back page, the very last panel is, since escaping residential school, you can transform too. So Quetzalcoatl is able to change into a grizzly bear form, which is going to lead into issue three. See, I told you we were going to tell the endings. We'll carry on with Jasmine in a second, but I just wanted to point out that one of the reasons Jasmine came up with this comic book idea is that she wanted adults to be able to go through the story with their children, so they'd have a way of explaining it and some of the big ideas about constitution and self-government. I know, I know. How do they connect? Well, we're getting there. Issue three is about the journey, and the journey is... Uh, his dad is taking him to witness an ancestral ceremony between the the leaders and um, let's see uh, and just like our ancestors. So because we believe that after we pass on from this life, we go back to the earth and then we show up in forms of the animals. So in order for Quetzalcoatl's dad to take him to witness this journey, Quetzalcoatl had to transform into his bear form because he could not show up in human in front of the spirits and ancestors when they get there. So because Quetzalcoatl escaped from St. Mary's in mission, we made it so that he travels down through Hatsik and through goes through Le Camel and Pascualth and they end up in Yale to this cultural site that um, Sunny McKelsey had shown me and the spot is called Eam and Eam is a place where the old leaders would meet he said it was Tilly Gutierrez told him where they she was she would show him where the leaders would sit and it when I he took me there it's pretty cool because it looks like kind of an auditorium setup the the higher you go up the more seats there are and the speaker would probably stand at the bottom of them and talk out to the leaders about whatever they had to talk about okay can you see where the story is going now so issue four and five is a double issue and that's coming out next month I don't want to totally give it away, but... The next issue is um, introducing the six nations who are entering treaty together, who we're working with. Um, I did have the intention that all the leaders from who who used to make up the Stalo, and Sonny was letting me know that Stalo didn't mean just Chilliwack, the Stalo nation, and it's because in our Hulkamalem language, 
Stalo was the river. So it would be all of the First Nations who live off of the Fraser River. And that, that goes from North Hope into down to Vancouver. So anybody who was along that river, they were part of the Stalo Nation. So I think it was about, you know, it was a little bit more than 20. And so I kind of had this vision that the 20, the however many bands that were under the Stalo would meet up. And because when my great great grandpa, Richard Malloway, started, uh, entered treaty in his leadership, um, there was more than 20 nations who were starting this treaty process. But after that, now in 2020, we're only down to six of us. And because we just were really persistent, we know what we want and um, we're just gonna keep going. And I'm really happy to see where we are going with treaty and what we're standing for. And I wanted to make my little imprint on the treaty uh, journey with my comic book. So the idea that you saw where we, <clears throat> where the SXTA created the cartoon where the constitution is represented as the longhouse, that was my idea. So I wanted to continue that in the story too, that the Six Nations, um, they are represented by their different animals, their own animals, and they're going to be bringing a piece of their part to what our longhouse is gonna look, and under the longhouse or our constitution, which we also call it the Sholmukwith. The Sholmukwith means um, our way or our Stalo way. As she mentions, Jasmine came up with the idea of representing our constitution as a longhouse. You may have noticed the governance structure drawings we've made where each part of the government is held within a larger longhouse. It's all on our website and again, we'll make sure we post links and images in our notes. Okay, so the Quetzalcoatl comic is culminating in the coming together of nations under one roof, just as we six nations are doing under one constitution. But what exactly is a constitution anyway? Well, let's turn to our resident expert, Grand Chief Stephen Point, to find out. Well, it is a big word. I mean, um, nation states like Canada, the United States, and even Britain, they don't all have constitutions. The Constitution of the United States, 1776, was, was written as an experiment in, in democracy, as you know. England itself does not have a written constitution. They have what's called constitutional practices and customs. Canada, in 1867, decided to write a constitution called the Constitution Act, British North America Act, 1867. And in 1982, they brought the constitution home so they could amend it themselves under the Trudeau government. As we embark upon our own self-determination, we're going to write a constitution. We've written a constitution. So the constitution sets out how we're governed. It sets out uh, what the rules of government are. It sets out when the government elections should happen, things like that. We're establishing a House of Elders, for example, as a, a traditional governance model. We're establishing a Council of Youth to advise and to, to, to learn about leadership so that they can be groomed for leadership. We're establishing a, a legislative assembly of the leadership themselves who will sit with government uh, budgets and government 
legislative authority to make laws and regulation in pursuit of the areas in which we want to draw down uh, jurisdiction. We're creating an ombudsman, for example, who will receive complaints about our government. We're going to create uh, a court system that's going to deal with some of the land code problems that we're currently facing. Um, so it's, it's an amazing time. I never thought actually I'd get to this point because I've been working on this idea for a long, long time. I wrote the first constitution for the Stolos back in 1995, and I've been fortunate to come back and help them in, in working on the constitution again. Let's pause for a second. We all heard that beeping, right? That's my phone. Oh, that was your phone? <laughs> okay, well, let's get back to the Constitution. We can. We're trying to get a quorum of a quorum to, to say yes to this uh, uh, Constitution that we're proposing to them. And the Constitution uh, has been worked on by the leadership for the last mm, probably four or five years now. Uh, wow. as they've been working on the treaty generally for the last 20, 25 years. We entered the Treaty Process Act in 1995 when, with the British Columbia Treaty Commission. And so the Constitution is setting up our government, and the government uh, will deal with matters that are national in nature, bigger than what individual bands can't deal with because of the cost and, or the, uh, the largeness of the issue, things like justice and health, child welfare. So the vote is not a treaty vote, but it's, um, it's going to be a major step forward uh, out of the Indian Act uh, towards self-determination, all of that wonderful stuff. Thank you, Uncle Stephen. I think he covered everything, which he always does. But just to clarify, all SXTA members who are 18 and over as of November 14th will have the chance to vote on the Constitution between November 4th and 15th. There will be online voting, mail-in ballots, and in-person polling station, and all of these details are coming soon. Right now, some communities' governance systems include family representation. Like Skokales, some have election, like Lacamels, which is upcoming, and others pass leadership roles along hereditary lines. There is room for all of this and all of our values under self-government. Here's Jasmine again. I think it's all about asking the right questions and putting up, being able to be vulnerable in your own stance to ask people what they think of your idea and um, what they think of your idea can then make a better idea if you collaborate the two. So that's what I really liked is um, the governance structure, the constitution and the as a treaty itself is not meant to take away from an individual's individual village's government it's just to say how the each village is going to work together it's um so each village can then make their own constitution so <clears throat> and i just wanted it to be that we can make it however we want to make it and when we do the what we do to make the constitution it's it's our way well that's almost a wrap thank you so much to jasmine for sharing your storytelling our nation is in good hands with people like you at the helm and these are really exciting times we've said it before and we'll say it again we're all in this together and we believe in stalo if you or your family have any questions about the constitution check out our website at sxta.bc.ca slash constitution or reach out to us through email at outreach at sxta.bc.ca 
Connect with us in office at 604-824-3281 or reach out to any of our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The handle is at the SXTA. And don't forget that you or your family members can book a kitchen table gathering through our outreach team as well. I'm Sharon Denemy, and we'll let Grand Chief Stephen Point have the last word. So until next time. It's important to understand as you move forward in nation building that you are already a nation. You're not becoming a nation but that you already are, and that your internal institutions and mechanisms for governance are already there. In many cases, you simply have to redefine them and rediscover them and implement them.